Hey everybody, James here. Since this is just the audio of a stream I did, there's going to be a lot of talk about visual things that I had on the stream as I was talking. So I do apologize to the podcast uh, people who are listening to this and not being able to see what I am talking about. But hope you enjoy the episode. Anyhow, thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. Uh, I guess we can call this the cat fighting game stream because Nathan is here to hang out with us today. Hi, Nathan. Hi, cute little boy. He's being a good, snuggly little boy right now. He's enjoying this attention here. But uh, I guess you can call this more of like a Chen reaction video because that's kind of what this is really all about here. Uh, I don't expect it's going to be long, but we're just going to talk about frame data today uh, for obvious reasons because uh, frame data has kind of come up in the uh, discourse over at the social media. Not recently. It was a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of social media, a couple of weeks ago is a long time ago. But I kind of wanted to talk about this anyway because I kind of wanted to discuss, you know, some of the, the reasons why... Oh, Nathan. Okay, there you go. Um, you know, some of the concerns that I had. So let's go ahead and just go get started here right away. Look, again, before we even start talking about this, right, it is, you know... People have been talking about how frame data needs to be in fighting games, similar to how MK11 and how, how Killer Instinct and a lot of indie games have been putting frame data into fighting games. And I agree, 100%. Uh, frame data needs to be in fighting games. And, you know, we're going to ask, what's the reason for this? It's because we want all the information as possible, right? The more information we get the better we can become as players. Now, uh, it's kind of crazy to me, and to a lot of people actually, that frame data, which is pretty vital to a lot of fighting games, um, this information is not available in-game at all anywhere, right? This information has to be obtained through a, uh, what do you call it, through a uh, third-party source, such as a web page, for example. Uh, let me do something over here really quick. Sorry, uh, should have had this all ready to go. I want to bring the chat up over here on a different screen I so I can actually talk to you guys a little bit easy more easily and respond to questions that you guys are uh giving me so let's go ahead and do that really quick as google chrome is slowly starting up but again you know frame data is something that's very vital to a lot of fighting games and uh but it's it's depending on the fighting game itself frame data might not be that pertinent. I am still of the belief that there are many fighting games out there that do not require a lot of frame data knowledge, right? So while a lot of people talk about frame data as this kind of super important thing that everybody must have because that's how you learn fighting games, I don't actually believe that's true. Different games are going to require different amounts of frame data reliance. Street Fighter V, for example, is a very reliant game uh, for frame data. 
And so, of course, you want frame data in that game. Now, something like King of Fighters 15, right? Something like King of Fighters 15, you don't need a lot of frame data. You don't need a lot of frame data. So, actually, frame data is not actually super vital in the game, right? So, that's the thing. So, that's, that's my point. However, just because a game is frame data heavy or not doesn't mean that we shouldn't include frame data in the game. I have said this many, many times. Every fighting game has to have frame data in there. And that's exactly what it says down here. Why frame data should be in every fighting game. Why? Because even though these games have different scales of how much reliance on frame data there is, it's the exact same thing as the infamous you know, playing by feel. Different games are gonna have different levels of playing by feel. This is the heart and this is the mind kind of thing. Mind is the frame data stuff. Heart is the play by feel kind of stuff. Some people in the chat are talking about whether moves are plus or minus, if that started in Street Fighter V. So it has always existed. It has always existed, being plus or minus. People have talked about this forever. It's just only in Street Fighter V, and if you played games like Tekken and Virtua Fighter, uh, other games, or Soul Calibur, other games that rely on a lot of frame data, that it really became prevalent in the Street Fighter realm. Street Fighter hasn't been uh, that affected by frame data, such as in Street Fighter 4, a lot of characters in Invil DPs, Invil backdashes, you know, uh, all sorts of ways to kind of blow up frame data. Plus, there was no input buffer, so that the frame data wasn't necessarily that strict to adhere to because people kept making mistakes. Now, here's the reason why frame data has to be in every game regardless of whether or not the game is frame data based. It's because we've got heart players and we've got mind players. These are two very different, but both equally legitimate ways to learn a fighting game. There are a lot of people out there that do not learn fighting games well by frame data. And in fact, yes, numbers scare them. They are scary. The problem is no one's going to admit it because as soon as you say numbers are scary, everyone comes after you. Like, like, like I tweeted out that numbers are scary and everyone's trying to link me to scrub quotes. They're like trying to say, hey, look at this scrub, look at this scrub. Numbers are scary to a lot of people. They can't, they can't say it because then everybody comes out and attacks them, right? So here's the thing, though. A lot of people don't like frame data. They're going to learn in a separate way away from frame data. And so it's important not to overemphasize frame data. However, there are a lot of people out there that are very, very bad. And uh, see, Necromancy Black, the problem with you trying to generalize things and talk about numpad notation and pings and milliseconds and stuff, one, I do hate numpad notation, okay? I'm a feel player. I absolutely loathe numpad notation. And a lot of people out there loathe numpad notation. So while you joke about it, there are a lot of people out there who literally hate numpad notation because it's confusing and scary. So yes, <laughs> yes, actually. Um, the thing about it is, 
we still want to make sure that these heart players, yes, are uh, people that we have to cater to. However, we also have to cater to the mind players. There are going to be people out there, even in a game like KOF, which doesn't rely on frame data, they are going to be able to learn the game that much easier, that much better by putting the frame data in the game. We have to make sure that our fighting games don't cater to one audience over the other. They all have to be in place to aid whichever kind of players that exists. So, Older fighting games existed in a period of time where we had no training mode. We had no internet. The games were designed to not rely on those things to be played by feel because that was the only way you could learn those games. A lot of old school players were basically bred on that style of play. Now, with the advent of frame data and internet and modern uh, wonders like trading mode, we have the ability to science everything. And so it has really started creating the shift. I have talked about this shift many times, a long time ago, even when you look at the Street Fighter champions, right? If you look at the Street Fighter champions in Street Fighter 4, it was Daigo, Daigo, Fudo, and then it started going towards Infiltration, who is probably one of the perfect blends of feel and science. And then it went to Sien. And Sien is like one of the most scientific players. We started seeing the shift from heart players to science players winning these tournaments. In other words, what we had a long time ago was self-selected for heart players. With the way that w the fighting games exist, with the internet, with training mode, with all this ability to study, we are now finding a whole section of players who are very information data focused, who couldn't play fighting games before, finding and loving fighting games. And so we are at a point right now where we have to also cater to the mind players. And in fact, Street Fighter V has shifted it so drastically. And this is kind of where Rob TV and Sanford's conversation came from. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I will tell you right now, Sanford is basically the epitome of the heart player. This is why... He hates Street Fighter V because Street Fighter V is not a heart game. It's just not a heart game. And so we have these two different mindsets. And so the reason why we have to have frame data in all of our fighting games is because the mind players need to get all of the benefit that we can give them to help learning the game. Just because there are heart players out there doesn't mean we should not include frame data. However, frame data, like I said, can be scary, especially when presented as numbers. Very scientific people will look at these numbers and be like, okay, I get it. There are a lot of people that are not going to get it. And so uh, where I, I have this here with the social media misunderstanding, I put this in here because I tweeted out that, you know, frame data is probably better off not being in the fighting game for like 90% of the fighting game audience right now because a lot of people don't take the game seriously enough for frame data to be relevant. 
Most people misinterpreted that as I don't want frame data in the game. Where it's literally the tweet beforehand, I said frame frame data needs to be in every fighting game. Every, every fighting game. So um I just want to make that clear, okay? I'm saying that frame data is not going to be relevant for 90% of the people playing the fighting game because it's just that most people aren't going to be taking the game seriously enough to want to uh, pay attention to frame data. We are a niche audience, okay? I'm not saying the fighting game genre is a niche genre. I'm saying the pro players are a niche set of people. How many copies of Mortal Kombat do we, do we sell all the time? People talk about this. How many copies of Tekken did we sell? Like Mortal Kombat sold like millions, billions of com, uh, uh, copies, billions of copies, right? And yet, I think at EVO, Mortal Kombat 11 maxed out at about a thousand entrants the very first year that it was there, okay? Most people don't give a crap about frame data, okay? This is where I'm coming from. This is where when I say that most people would be better off without the frame data in the game is where I'm coming from. It's not particularly useful or practical for anyone else. And if you plaster all this data onto the screen, it's kind of bad to just throw that on there because... When most people sit there and think about frame data, they're thinking, oh, there's that standing medium punch. That frame data is, how can it be confusing to put frame data on the screen? All right, well, uh, I'm going to show you uh, some frame data over here. Obviously, with the most easy frame data in the world, and I'm going to turn this into concerns about in-game frame data, obviously, with the most straightforward moves in the world, it's like, yeah, dude, come on, why is this even scary at all? But what I'm going to show you right here is this. I'm going to show you Lightning Kick for Chun-Li. This is her frame data over here. What does this mean? There are some people here who even know frame data and they're just going to look at this and be like, what the, I mean, this literally looks like there's a bug in your game. If this was on the screen in your fighting game, this literally looks like there's a bug or like some sort of data overflow or someone hacked your game. <laughs> like what the hell does this even mean? And as a person who has maintained a ton of Street Fighter wiki, it's hard to find ways to present this data in a clear, concise way, right? And yes, obviously, Necromancy Black in the chat's like, oh, it's easy. Two active, three frame gap. Two active, three frame gap. Two active, three frame gap. Dude, most people are going to be looking at that and be like, what the fuck is this, right? Like, I don't even want to, I don't even care what this is. I don't want to see this, right? And that's the concern I have. Now, again... I am 100% not even in favor demanding that that data is in the game. That data has to have, that has to be in the game. Parentheses and all, or if you can find a different way to present it, it has to be in the game. I really honestly believe frame data needs to be in the game. Oh, shoot. The title is unupdated. Shoot. Okay. Uh, how am I going to do this here? 
Let's do this. Uh, frame data in game. There we go. Frame data in game. That's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to do just chatting. Here we go. Oh, no. Actually, this is podcasts, right? Yeah. Talk shows and podcasts. There you go. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing, right? This data needs to be in the game, but this is my concern about it. If you open up a page and you see these kind of crazy things like this parentheses craziness over here, like this, this can be intimidating. And like I said, on my streams, where I cater to a lot of beginners very much, and you saw it right there. Somebody in the chat earlier was like, Oh, you know what? I've never even seen plus or minus until Street Fighter V. Or someone in my chat could be like, numbers are scary. And what happens is the hardcore instantly attacks them. Right? It's instantly a, put them on scrub quotes. It's instantly a, what are you talking about? You idiot slash sarcasm. You know, all this shit out there. The hardcore scene has forgotten what it's like to not be hardcore. A lot of people out there who are attuned to frame data now, who are used to frame data, it's like reading the matrix, right? You see the lines and you're like, oh, that's a girl in a red dress. That's easy. But like for a lot of other people, it's it numbers are scary. I'm sorry. Like I know when I state it like that, people are like, that is the dumbest thing. Are you serious, James? But you have to understand different people learn in different ways and numbers can be very intimidating for a lot of people, especially when you have to do a lot of math. And again, we can't cater to only mind players the same way we can't cater only to heart players. So how do we do this? A lot of people have suggested putting in frame data in the game, but putting it on a toggle switch so that you have to turn it on or off to be able to see the numbers and et cetera, et cetera. And I agree with that. I think that's a great idea. You go to training mode, you have to, every time you hit someone with a move, the frame data for that move shows up on the screen so you can see the frame data. You can toggle that uh, on or off, et cetera, et cetera. This is a really cool idea. But again, what is the downfall of this? What is the pitfall of this? is that you're putting something into the game that literally has no explanation for it whatsoever. And then the other problem here, okay, let me finish that first thought first because I tend to do this. My, my ADHD jumps me from topics to topics very easily, right? That's just the thing is that, you know, whew, I forgot what my original point was now. Look, the thing is the information shouldn't be there right away because it can intimidate people. And actually, we are also talking, yes, exactly. I was just about to get there, Necromancy Black. Exactly that. If I told you that you turned on the screen and you saw a move and that move said minus five on that move, what does that mean? I need someone in the chat to tell me what does minus five mean if you went into the mo training mode and you looked at your move list and it said minus five. What does that mean? The problem is it depends on the game. So if you're playing Street Fighter V, minus five means pretty punishable. If you're playing MK11, not punishable, not your turn. If you're playing Tekken, in fact, it's not even just 
not punishable, but you also have the time to sidestep stuff and actually punish 10 frame moves. The numbers mean something very different between games. And so if we're just plastering numbers into the game, and you're someone trying to learn fighting games, and you see minus five in Street Fighter, and this means red flag, danger, Will Robinson, you know, and then you go play Tekken, and you see minus five, and it means this is a move that you can totally three throw out. And it's completely safe on block. And in fact, if they do a move that's very obvious, you can still high crush it, low crush it, parry it, do all sorts of crazy things. And this is the problem. Why we can't just put numbers into the game directly. This is so. Let me move on to the next topic over here. What are the goals of the in-game frame data, right? And right, so uh, Necromancy Black said the only thing it usually reversal means is that the opponent can act five frames earlier, and that doesn't mean a lot. Exactly. We don't get a lot of good information in this situation. And that's the thing is, like, if you say that it's negative, but that's the context they know to go into training to figure out how to fight it, Again, nothing in the game <laughs> is teaching you what these numbers mean or how that even works. If you see something is negative five, what does that mean? Do we want to put the onus on all of the developers to actually put in how does frame data work in the game? What does frame data mean? Is that what we're expecting them to do? Because it's not going to happen unless... It's someone like Keats, who is in charge of Killer Instinct, who has the power and the ability to put that stuff in there, right? It's really going to depend on the studio and the people involved in the game. But for the most part, what you're going to end up with is a lot of people saying, should I put this data in the game? Here's, I want to put this tutorial on how to interpret frame data in the game. And someone's going to be like, how long is it going to take to program this? How, who's going to write the script? Who's going to do all this stuff? And people are going to be like, well, it'll probably take about a month worth of work to put this tutorial in. And then month worth of work is millions of dollars, okay? Like salaries, time, programming, QA, blah, 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 blah. No one's going to approve of this. No one's going to put a tutorial on what frame data is in the game. Nuticon in the chat says, Games need better animation slash effects to indicate something is safe, unsafe. Yes. Street Fighter V tried that. <laughs> you see Ryu's sweep and his crouching heavy punch when blocked. They go, Ting! and they get kind of stuck. And I think that was meant to do it, but then how do you convey plus, plus on block? Like, that would have to be the enemy reeling, like reeling particularly long or going, whoo, like almost kind of looking like they got hit but they're, while they're blocking. So you kind of have this indication that something is crazy is going on. But it's so fast, right? Like a light punch is plus three on block. You have three frames, like you're going to have basically like what is what is light punch blocks done? Like maybe eight frames at most? You're going to have eight frames to react to a ah so that you know that you're plus on block. It's a very difficult thing and it's a lot of work to put into it. So again, I am in favor of putting frame data 
into the game. I want frame data in the game, 100%. It has to be there. So how do we put frame data in there so that we are actually making it useful for people? And this is what I was getting at with my tweet. Not don't put frame data in the game, it's we can do better. Let's think about how we want to put all of the frame data in there. 15 frames of blocks done on lights, one fourth of a second. You have one fourth of a second to see the plus on block block animation to know that's what you're supposed to do, right? One fourth of a second, mind you. 15 frames is a, is a lifetime in fighting games, but one fourth of a second. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? How do we present frame data in fighting games in a way that it can actually be useful. Is there a way we can do this with the least amount of effort possible? Needless to say, thanks to this conversation I've been having on Twitter with everybody. I mean, again, like I said, one of the hardest things is that hardcore players have forgotten what it's like not to be a hardcore player. Also, science players, and I'm like, I'm stereotyping this, okay? Players who play by feel are sensitive people who get their feelings hurt easily. Uh, science players are assholes who don't care about anybody else, okay? That is my stereotypes for the day, okay? Little known fact, when they interview you to be a worker slash cast member, as they call them, at Disneyland, based on your personality, they assign you <laughs> to different lands. If your personality is more cold and you're not as friendly, they put you into Tomorrowland. If you are a bubbly, happy person, they put you into Fantasyland. This is not a joke. This is absolute serious. And so one of the hard things about it is if you're a player who plays by feel and you're like, numbers are scary or, you know what, I don't like that. Dude, everybody jumps down your throat. All of the hardcore players out there will jump at you. And so when I tweeted numbers are scary and that frame data is probably better off not being there for 90% of the players, holy crap, my life was miserable <laughs> for like at least three or four days. I will tell you this, people were, were not stopping to attack over and over again. Like this is what happens when you go after mind players, when you try to open their eyes to people who play by emotion because the thing about it is people who are scientific find emotion a weakness. So when you see people, I play by feel, I don't want numbers. They're like, you're just the biggest idiot in the world. But play by feel people see people who only care about numbers and they're just like, you're the biggest asshole in the world. You don't care about my feelings, uh, you know? And this is where a lot of the conflict comes in. And this is why I keep saying, we have to be mindful of both styles of learning. Very, very important uh, styles of playing. And yeah, I mean, so uh, Botari in here says, you know, body and heart should come first, mind later. Again, that's unfair because some players couldn't play fighting games until they saw frame data. As soon as they saw frame data, they're like, that's why this move is bad. That's why this move, I should focus on this move because this is plus. And that's the thing. 
that's what's so crazy about learning fighting games is why teaching fighting games is the hardest thing in the world is that everybody learns differently. And that's what we have to understand. That's the crux of my point in that frame data is scary. Numbers are scary. We have to do better. And so I've been racking my brain for about like two weeks thinking of good ways to present this, right? This, is, this was my goal. And here's, I want to present to you, and again, this is totally something I just whipped up and uh, threw together super fast. But this is my example of what frame data should look like in-game. I have a spreadsheet here right now. And again, obviously, graphically, it's going to be better in the game. Obviously, the wording can be changed however we want to change it. If we, I, Like I said, I whipped this together. I didn't take the time. I didn't focus group any of this text here. But let's say you actually look at a move. You go click on your move list and you see standing medium punch from Chun-Li. That's what this is. This is Chun-Li standing medium punch. And you look at this and you're like, oh, damage 60, stun 100, hit level, when blocked, can act first, which means you can act first. When landed, comboable, that means it's so plus that you can combo after it. The startup speed is fast, the recover speed is medium, the strike length is short. However, the key is, look at the very bottom line. Press X for move details. You press X and then all of a sudden, let's go over here, you press X, Boom. That's what it changes to. Now all of a sudden it says on block, on hit, 3-6, startup recovery, active, 5-9. This is what you're used to, right? This is what everybody's used to. Press X for move summary. Press X. You're back over here. Now what happens is without having to put a tutorial in the game, you're going to see when blocked, when landed changes to on block and on hit. You're understanding that these two are the same terms. Startup, recovery, active. Startup speed, recovery speed, etc., etc. The numbers are interpreted for you in the game. <laughs> the numbers are already interpreted for you in the game, and the colors will be in the color of the game. And here's the trick about it, though is that because, and what Necromancy Black is actually saying, you already hit the problem with this, that all the colors and descriptions are in context of the game. Right, but here's the thing. These colors can be determined, determined literally by number. So these numbers will show up as green, red, no matter how the move changes. As soon as the move changes to minus four, this formatting already says if it's minus four, it becomes yellow or it becomes red. And so it's programmatically put into the game already. And this is what the powerful thing is. And what's even better about this is because it's going to be unique for the game, as you look through this, as you see something like, let's go ahead and move over to another move, shall we? Boom, standing heavy kick. This is Chun-Li standing heavy kick. When blocked, opponent act first. When landed, can act first. Startup speed slow, recovery speed long. Again, what are the thresholds for the numbers? 
I don't know. I'm making it up for this one for the on plus on block and plus on uh, on hit. That's kind of pretty obvious. But you scroll down here and now you see on block minus two. And so you always see this yellow color with opponent act first minus two. And as you go through every move in the game, you're going to notice these numbers are consistent. You're going to notice that these numbers are extremely consistent. And actually, I need to fix this here. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Data was incorrect. These numbers are going to be extremely consistent. Every move you look at is minus two will say opponent can act first. Every move that says plus one will always say can act first. As soon as we go to something like the heavy Hyakretsku, it says when blocked, punishable. And you press X and you see minus 12. You're going to see everything that's minus 12 is considered punishable. In fact, everything from minus 3 on is going to be listed as either like slightly punishable, punishable, very punishable. Like you're going to see these numbers and you're going to start associating these numbers with the concepts without having a tutorial in the game. So I'm going to scroll down here and all of a sudden minus 12 is punishable, 14 startup is slow, and recovery 22 is long. If this were Tekken, startup 14 would be medium speed. But that's the important thing, is that you'll always have these numbers associated with what they mean, and so when you're in Tekken, you'll always see that minus nine is not punishable. And then you start making these associations. And what happens is that because you have this toggle option to go from one to the other, if you're a heart player, you start on this toggle. And as you toggle it and you look at it, and you're like, whoa, numbers. I don't want to pay attention to this. And you go here. But as you dig deeper into the game, you're like, actually, these numbers are kind of important. Oh, interesting. I see. So if I'm plus six on hit, that means those moves that have startup of five, I'm able to link. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of neat. Oh, huh. You know, and the heart players can learn through heart first, and then they can start learning the mind stuff as they go. The mind players are going to look at this and be like, this means nothing to me. This is just words. This is garbage. This is useless. Uh, oh, 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 interesting. So there's this concept of frame data, blah, 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 that on plus, on, on block, on hit and startup, these are numbers that I can understand. And you know what? Once you toggle it, every move is on that toggle forever. And so what happens is that whatever you prefer, if you're a mind player, you're going to look at these and you're going to be like, oh, okay, okay, here's these numbers. But wait, if I'm minus five, am I punishable yet? Oh, uh, it's, it's safe on block. Oh, okay. And the, what the numbers actually mean are in the game. So again, you can start with the mind and then kind of learn through the heart as well. Uh, Edmaster64 says, this is still a little too overwhelming for the common player. Yes, it is very overwhelming for the common player. But by presenting it like this, in the corner of the screen of the move, right? So you literally, for 
Chun-Li standing medium punch, you just see an animation of the standing medium punch. It just shows you how to input it, whatever like that. And it, there's just this little box down there in the bottom right hand of the corner. You can ignore it. You don't have to pay attention to it. Just like in MK11, people don't pay attention to the numbers already. They're already not looking at the numbers. I don't, I don't think that they can ignore it, right? And yeah, so if you ignore it, the information overload is not there. But as a player, as you're looking at this, if you look at this and you are a heart player, you're going to be like, huh, this information is interesting. And if you look at it, you'll kind of understand it. As a mind player, it won't make sense. If I put this in the game by default, as the mind players, you're going to be like, this makes sense. But the heart players are like, numbers, no, go away. And so what happens, <laughs> what happens is you've presented a situation for both players to be guided into the information. And whether you start with the numbers to find out what they mean later or you find out what they mean to find the numbers later, you have a method that's here that's available to both. But, uh, oops, this was supposed to be my example presentation. Sorry, forgot to change that. But that's kind of the idea here. And again, there are probably a lot of mistakes with the way that frame data is presented. There's probably a lot of better ways to do it. My point is, when everybody says, let's put frame data in the game, they just want you to do this. They just want you to do, uh, let's see, where is this thing? Here it is. They just want you to do this. And this is not what we should be doing. This is not useful to anybody. And this is, uh, well, okay, lie. This is useful to a lot of people. And in fact, despite the fact that I want it presented in that nice, fun, colorful chart method, this should also be in the game. Like, there should also be a list view of everything because list views are very important as well because you can be like, huh, plus seven, what can I combo off of this? Let me look at all the startups over here. Oh, so I can try linking all these things in here over here. So it's list view is also very important. But what the problem is, is this is what people who say they want frame data in the game, this is what they want. And my point is we can do better. And what I've presented with my spreadsheet is just an example of where I want to start. This is just, it's an example of what we can do to try to make it so that fighting games can be taught. And as a programmer, this spreadsheet method over here is not that hard to do. As long as you can assign the threshold. And in fact, every fighting game could even use the exact same interpreter, just shifting the numbers, right? Shifting the numbers from minus three being punishable to minus 10 or minus seven if you're MK or minus five if you're KOF or minus six if you're, well, Guilty Gear is a hard one because it varies wildly between uh, being punishable by three, four, five or six. Uh, and again, that's kind of one of the other things that I want to mention here, right? Despite the fact that I have this nice little chart here, 
that has this kind of nice little programmatic way to do this. And again, this had better be programmatic because if you're doing this by actually putting numbers into a database and then every time you buff or nerf a move, you have to go and change this data, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you have absolute, you're absolutely doing it wrong. And see, we got people in my chat saying they hate recreational math. And again, this is what I mean. We have to keep in mind that there are different kinds of people who learn different ways. So the thing about it is, as a person who has tried to maintain a wiki for a very, very long time, okay? The Street Fighter Four wiki in SRK, now on supercombo.gg, was largely maintained by me. This was largely maintained. All this information here that you see, all this information, all of this is in spreadsheets. I have this in spreadsheets on my PC. I had a way to copy and paste the spreadsheets, hit a macro, and it would automatically format it into the HTML to show up in this form. All right? And... As somebody who has maintained this, who has had to deal with stuff like this, who has had to deal with stuff like this, who has had to deal with moves having a bazillion different properties, like a Kami DP being a different animation on block and on hit, or someone who's had to deal with Chun-Li having three hits of a head stomp, how do you present that? This is not fun. All right, and this is why you, when people say just throw frame data into the game, they're not thinking fully because fighting games are designed in such a way that everything has exceptions everywhere. <laughs> and it's so absolutely insane. It was absolutely, like, it was a nightmare maintaining this wiki table. Okay, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, you look at FAT. If you look at FAT and you actually go and click on a move and look at the details, there is all sorts of information and they're literally just typing it in there themselves. And if this is something that you have to maintain, I'm telling you right now, it is not fun at all. But again, do I want these frame data tables in the game? Like Necromancy Black says in the chat, some people just seriously benefit from those frame data tables. Yes, 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 yes. Cannot emphasize yes enough. 100% many people will look at those frame data tables and it's seriously, it's like a light bulb just goes off in their head and everything makes sense. There are those players out there that when you math it up to them, you know, they're going to be like Matt Damon in, you know, in the Mars movie, right? Let's science this shit up, right? Like, it just makes sense to them. As soon as they see the numbers, everything clicks. And there are so many examples of that. And fighting games, like I said, have historically been uh, favoring heart players because that's how it was designed. And again... A lot of people try to argue with me that every game frame data matters, that it's just that every game is equally as frame data heavy. There is way too much evidence to the contrary. 
way too much evidence to the contrary. I've had players who are like, I don't like Street Fighter V. I said, go play Sam Show. And they play Sam Show, and they're like, holy shit, I love this game. Right? You have a lot of old school Street Fighter players who love Street Fighter to death, and they hate Street Fighter V. <laughs> they hate Street Fighter V, and a lot of these old school players are like, I fucking love King of Fighters 15. This game is so goddamn fun. Because again, King of Fighters 15, frame data doesn't matter <laughs> as much. It doesn't matter as much. There is so much evidence to the contrary that fighting games cater to different mindsets. However, regardless of how what the fighting game caters to, it should still benefit both types of players trying to learn the fighting game. It should always have the ability to have the frame data tables, to be able to look at an individual move's frame data to help the science players. It should not have that in there and have it explained in words so that the heart players can understand. But the brilliant thing is by having it so you can toggle between the two, you also get education there. You get education for your game. If you look at a game, if I go to Street Fighter and I toggle and I see everything minus three and later is punishable and everything minus two to minus one is I can act first or if it's plus, uh, plus one, plus two, I can act first, minus two, minus one, they can act first. And you're like, huh, interesting. These numbers are very consistent. That's interesting. Okay, so now all of a sudden, even as a heart player, you're like, this move is minus three. I guess that means I can be punished. And then you go to a different game, you're playing Tekken and you do this toggle and you start seeing minus three being safe. You're like, wait, that doesn't make sense, but that's what this game says. Already the game is telling you that my game is different than the other game. And if you start learning that consistently, minus nine is not punishable and only minus 10 and up is punishable, you're like, huh, oh. So in Tekken, the minus 10 is the same as Street Fighter's minus 3. And you can start making that connection regardless of what side you come in from. And this is all I was trying to get across when I was talking about frame data being slapped into the game as a table is not going to be very useful. It is not beneficial to a lot of people because there's no education. As I said, no game developer is actually gonna take the time to put in a tutorial on how to interpret the frame data. It's just not gonna happen unless it's an indie game and the guy who's making the game has control and can do whatever they want. It's just not gonna happen, right? And then you can also get some people like Harada who are just completely anti-frame data and they don't want people to science their game, right? Like that was literally what Harada says. He's like, I like people learning organically. So again, Harada is kind of a feels play. He wants people to learn that way. And so, you know, depending on who you're talking to, it's you have to be able to cater the game to everybody. And that's one of the things that we as a whole in the FGC are absolutely the worst at. And this is the one thing that as an FAQ writer, as a wiki maintainer, as someone who's been playing fighting games for 20 years, as someone who has written countless articles, who has made countless teaching videos, I understand this very, very well, okay? And so what we have to understand is that you're not right 
and the person arguing against you is not right either. <laughs> You're not wrong, but neither is the other guy when it comes to this topic. We have to understand that we need to cater to both sides of things. We have to make it so that this information can educate, be useful, and teach, and give you the interpretation back and forth between heart and mind in a way that is palpable for people. Again, the example that I've created is just my two-week thought process, right? If we actually get like people to sit down and be like, how are we gonna do this? We can do all these crazy things. We can, instead of coloring the text, we can draw graphs or we can do all the, like, dude, graphs are probably a terrible idea. I don't know, <laughs> but my point is we can do better and we should do better. We absolutely have to do better because this is the hardest part about fighting games right now. Why is this not a problem with a lot of other video games? I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like that they're not quite as, either that or a lot of the other esports have so many people teaching their games that you will find the teacher that is more akin to how you think. There's not a coincidence that a lot of people in my stream that I teach to that are beginners hate numbers because I'm one of those people, right? Even as a math major, I, I just don't like, I totally get frame data. Frame data was awesome to look at and wonderful to look at. But at the same time, I, 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 I am of the mindset that I can understand why if you were trying to play a fighting game and you were like, what is this frame data table? And you click on it and it shows this giant table in front of you and you look at this and you're like, I mean, I get intimidated looking at the tech and move lists, right? I go look at a tech and move list and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not learning a new character today. And now I'm gonna open up a table and see like a giant list of numbers and this isn't gonna intimidate me. Numbers are scary, man. Information overload exists. And it's one of the dangerous things about going that route. And in fact, I almost wish that video fighting games would make it so that if you did click on the frame data table, that a warning message would pop up with the option of okay and don't show again. And literally says, this data is very detailed information about every move. You do not need this to enjoy our game. You do not ever need to look at this to enjoy playing the game. This is for hardcore players or for people who really like data. Like that's kind of important to put in there because I don't want people to go and look at the frame data and think you have to learn frame data to play fighting games. In fact, most people who I know who hate numbers, I tell them not to learn Street Fighter V because you have to learn frame data to play Street Fighter V. Like literally, you have to learn frame data to play Street Fighter V. It's, it's, it's just not an option, right? Like, how do you explain to somebody that after Laura's command grab, they made a change to Laura that she recovers one frame faster after her command grab? They made a change so that Laura's Command grab recovers one frame faster, and that's a nerf. 
How do you explain that to somebody? Like, if you're a numbers guy, it just totally makes sense, right? But, like, Street Fighter V, like, that's just what I mean. Like, you, it has to be a numbers game. Street Fighter V is absolutely a numbers game. And the fact that you sit there and you go read the change list, it is like Laura's command grab recovers one frame faster. You're like, sick, a buff. And it's actually a nerf. And why is that a nerf? Is because her light elbow is exactly the number of plus frames that you have. And so now if you do the light elbow exactly after you finish the command throw, you are no longer plus on block. You will whiff and the opponent can punish you. Before, it was automatic that you did command throw, light elbow, you are plus on block on a move that's normally negative. But now you make it recover one frame faster. Now you have to kill a frame in between the command throw and the light elbow to get that same plus frame that you used to have before. Everything in Street Fighter V comes down to frame data. Like, it's crazy. And people try to argue with me that it's not the way it works. But when you play like Super Turbo, if you play like Third Strike, like Jibbo, right? Automatic. He's super into this frame data stuff. He understands it to death in Street Fighter V. He's super scientific about it. And, and you ask him frame data about Street Fighter Third Strike, and he's like, I have no idea. I don't know what anything is on plus or block. It's because there are literally games where it just doesn't matter. They're just literally games or it doesn't matter. But again, regardless of how that game goes, I'm deviating into random topics again. Regardless as if your game is very frame data heavy or not, you should present the frame data to everyone so they can learn in the frame data. You could present not the frame data to everyone so that they can learn not in frame data. And that's all it comes down to is we as an FGC have to get better at presenting information in a way so that people can learn both ways in fighting games. And we have to, have to, have to do that. I mean, if you uh, saw what, I mean, dude, I have some crazy ass spreadsheets, initial D Volvo. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and officially close this part of this, the, the, this presentation here and just open it up into random thoughts and Q&A at this point in time. So if you have questions or whatever like that, I don't even know where I have this data uh, on my, uh, let's see, do I have this, where do I put this spreadsheet? I have the coolest spreadsheet like in the world. Like literally I have the coolest spreadsheet in the world and I don't know where it is anymore. I don't know where I put all of my first attack spreadsheets anymore, which is really kind of a shame to be honest with you. Um, screencast video links, da 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 da, all this other stuff. Dude, I just I have the most amazing spreadsheet in the world, and I, I don't know where it is. I apologize. I'll try to find it for you guys one of these days, but like seriously, this spreadsheet is like one of the coolest spreadsheets that I have ever created in my entire life. Um let's see. Oh, here we go. I think I found it. 
Yes. Okay. Here's my frame data spreadsheet. I love this spreadsheet. I freaking love this spreadsheet. Okay. Like, obviously, you're not going to be able to see it very well here. But here you go. This is my spreadsheet over here. I'm going to zoom this in as much as possible so you can see. This is all Lucia's frame data. Here's her standing light punch. And based on the letter that I type in here, so if, I, if it's a recovery frame, it automatically becomes yellow. If it's an active frame, it obvious, uh, automatically, because if it's a startup frame, it automatically turns green. Uh, I forgot if I, what was the, 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 the crossover button? W. I made it W. If I made it W, then it's the startup active crossover over here. So this is the frame data of a character here. And then I've calculated the block stun and the hit stun over here. And so if you actually want to find out what the move is plus on block or minus on block, you take the block stun, copy it, paste it on the first active frame. This move is plus two on block. This move is plus two on block. <laughs> Uh, let's see, standing heavy punch. What is it on hit? Let's copy this entire hit stun and paste it over here. Oh, look at this. It's plus two on hit. If I take, for example, a crouching medium kick, crouching medium kick on block stun, I'm going to paste it here on the first one. It's minus one on block. What if I take this move and actually land it as a, uh, oh, actually, let's take standing medium punch here. Let's take standing medium punch here, and let's take its hit stun. I'm going to copy this, and I'm going to paste it here. Oh, look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Interesting. It's seven on plus on hit. So let's take standing heavy punch down over here. Let's take a uh, standing heavy punch over here and let's take this entire frame data and paste it over here after the standing medium punch. Doop. Hey, look at this. The first active frame is over here. It can't combo. It's not going to combo. So let's try to take crouching medium kick. Okay, so let's take crouching medium kick over here. Let's take it this entire move and copy it and paste it after standing medium punch here. Hey, look, the active frame is over here while they're still in hit stun. That means it'll combo. Like, I have this super active frame data spreadsheet that I've created here to try to help explain, to visualize how frame data works. Hey, what if I actually hit my stand medium punch as a meaty and it hits on the final frame? Now I'm plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm plus nine. But if I actually hit on the first one, I'm still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, only plus seven. Dude, having this kind of visualization <laughs> To help you learn frame data, I think is really neat, but it's also very hard and very time consuming to create, which is why Lucia is the only character that I created here <laughs> for this character. And not only that, when moves get stupidly prohibitively long, you end up with this. Like some of these things are going to be like 
600 columns long, dude. Like, it's kind of dumb. But again, it's nice. It's, it's cool. Yeah, and absolutely Necromancy Black. I created this specifically for a first attack tutorial. That's exactly what this is. This is a first attack tutorial that I created a long time ago. Uh, why is that? That's so weird. What is going on here? Where did my... Oh, there's the other spreadsheet. But again, finding ways to prevent present frame data in multiple ways to people. Again, this is my goal, is how do we present this information? Again, as an FAQ writer, as a person who's created wikis, FAQs are designed absolutely both ways. And in fact, if you look at a lot of my FAQs, like I talked about roles, right? Like, so if you go look at my CVS2 FAQ, right? Let's see if I can find it on GameFAQs. Here it is. So if we go over here, here we go. So for example, if you look at my, uh, my FAQ here, and I have all this information on rolling over here, notice how I wrote this FAQ. I talk about this. Hey, look at all this stuff. Rolling. It exists in C, A, and N group. Here's all this information. Here it is for the people who are play by feel. Here's all this description. Charge of characters like, ah, oh, here's the stages of roll. The first stage is pure invincibility, blah, blah, blah. Below are two charts. They provide the exact same information, but the first one provides the actual numbers for the character, and the second one provides the information with a more visual presentation. I've been doing this shit for 20 years, ladies and gentlemen, okay? This concern of mine has existed for 20 years. I don't want any of you people out there claiming it's because I'm old or whatever, some shit. I've been concerned about this my entire life. Here is your mind player chart. Here is the total roll distance, the full invincibility, the invulnerable high, the delay frames, the total frames. And I list them in alphabetical order. But you know what? I know people out there are freaking visual people and these numbers are not fun to check. Guess what? In my FAQ, I put an entire second chart that presents the exact same information in a different way, in text ASCII form, with a legend here. Here's the rolling distance, here's the frame count. The X means that this is the third stage, star is the second stage frame, blah, blah, blah. Look at this. And I've sorted them into length of rolls. Because when you look at the shit, it's like, I want to see who has the longest roll. Oh, look at that. And look at this. There's not an alphabetical order. This time it's in the length of roll and the total number of frames. Each one of these characters represents a frame. And so you look at this and I have the roll distance here listed graphically for you guys instead of numbers. Dude, I have been doing this shit forever. So you think that I am a person who is like just all of a sudden catering to beginners or whatever shit like that because I'm trying to make esports money? You know, fuck you. I've been doing this shit for goddamn years. I manually typed this whole damn 
thing, K. John. I manually typed this whole thing. I have been concerned about beginners and hardcore players since the beginning of time. And this is what I mean by we can do better when we teach fighting games. We are not doing a good job teaching the fighting games because everyone who teaches fighting games thinks that the way that they're teaching is the right way. And people have to realize that there are so many different ways to learn fighting games. What I said at the end of one of my threads is learn how to learn fighting games. This is going to be one of the most important things for you to get good at fighting games. Learn, not learn how to learn fighting games, my bad. The correct phrase is learn how you learn fighting games. The reason why it's important to decide if you are a mind player or a heart player or even a body player, the reason why it's important is because that will be the guide on helping you how to learn fighting games and how to get good. It's why a game like Street Fighter 4, which I don't particularly enjoy anymore these days, is still one of the best fighting games out there because not only because it is one of the best in terms of heart, mind, and body mixtures, because every character represents a different thing. If you're a body player, go play Sakura, go play Gen, go play Dudley. If you are a mind player, go play some Shotos. If you are a heart player, there are those players that just do, I'm sorry, Shotos are the heart players. If you're a mind player, there's gonna be characters for you as well. There's so much variety in the characters in the game itself. One of the problems with a lot of fighting games these days is that the fighting games really don't provide the in-game variety. The fact that I can describe what Street Fighter V is, that I can describe Tekken, or I can describe Guilty Gear Strive, or DNF Duel, etc., etc., is kind of a, a, a weakness of those games. But a game like Street Fighter IV, the reason why it was so popular is because I had a character for every type every type and it's just it's so like if you want to be a game like street fighter you have to do that that therein lies street fighter 5's biggest weakness and remember i've said old fighting games self-selected to heart players there's a reason why daigo and justin did not do well in street fighter 5 early on when we had Brian F. on the Tuesday show, he said he tried to learn Street Fighter 4 by feel. And then he realized that wasn't working, and he started studying the numbers in Street Fighter 5, and now everything started making sense, right? Daigo and Justin got good at Street Fighter 5 when he picked Manat, because Manat ignored a lot of the frame dating data. That's what zoning kind of gives you. Zoning gives you the ability to kind of ignore the frame data. If you're just playing by feel and your zoning is immaculate like Justin's, then you have success. If you're Daigo, you will actually analyze it and be like, huh, this game requires a completely different mindset. Interesting. I'll learn that mindset. And he did. And what does he do? He studies every situation, learns the counters, learns to react to the counters and stuff like that. And as I've always quoted a million times, Daigo said, Nuki sucks at Street Fighter V. <laughs> and he's like, does that make Nuki a bad fighting game player? Nuki, who is one of the five gods of fighting games in Japan, 
who is one of the best players in Super Turbo, in Third Strike, and in Vampire Savior, and countless other fighting games. Does he suck at fighting games because he's bad at Street Fighter V? Daigo's like, no, he's just lazy. He doesn't want to study. He was saying exactly what I was saying. Street Fighter V is a game of study. A lot of other games are games of feel. And so when Punk got lambasted for saying, I don't like what Frame Data has done, I want games of feel, and people started yelling at him, this is what I mean. This sect of the fighting game community has, for some reason, become really violent at anybody who's talking about feelings. <laughs> Punk is absolutely right. There are fighting games that aren't like that. And there are fighting games that are like He's not wrong. He's not right. He's not wrong. But as soon as you express that concern, everybody comes after you. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, understand everybody learns differently. So the number one way to get good at fighting games, learn how you learn fighting games. Learn how you learn fighting games. So what Necromancy Black says here, to be fair, it's not frame data's fault. Frame data is there regardless. It's the game design. That is super important to emphasize. Super, 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 super important to emphasize. 100% correct. 100% correct. Needs to be emphasized. It is not because the frame data exists in Street Fighter V. What causes Street Fighter V to be so frame data heavy? Most people won't give you this answer. Necromancy Black might, because he's obviously very well-versed in this whole entire concept. But the number one thing that makes Street Fighter V more frame data heavy than anything else is the input buffer. The input buffer. Because in Street Fighter IV, all of this frame data, frame traps, frame kills, all these things existed. But because there was no input buffer, it was very hard to make work. Balrog's light dash punch is minus three on block. Kami can punish that with standing light punch into drill. You never saw Kami's punish Balrog's light dash punch with standing light punch into drill. You never saw it because you had to be frame perfect. And if you were wrong, he blocked the jab, he blocked the drill, and you died. It wasn't worth it. You put those same two characters with the exact same frame data in the Street Fighter V, Kami's will punish the light dash punch 199.8% of the time outside of a couple of mistakes. They will punish it 99% of the time because of the extra input buffer. If you press a button, the button gets repeated for two frames, everything becomes a three frame link. That is the number one reason why Street Fighter is very frame data heavy. It's a very much a reason why Tekken and Soul Calibur are very frame data heavy. They have gigantic input buffers in those games. And so everything is precise. There's a ton of frame kills in Street Fighter 4. People miss that shit constantly. <laughs> it's not that easy to do. The other thing that makes it so that Street Fighter 5 is very frame data heavy also is the fact that they gave you no resourceless ways to disrespect frame data. Every fighting game has resourceless ways to disrespect frame data. Almost every fighting game does. 
whether it's an invincible DP, whether it's a parry that works on frame one, a roll that works on frame one, an invincible backdash, one frame throws, or whatever. Almost every game has, even in Tekken, if someone always high punches at you, which is 10 frames, if you have a move that tech crouches, you go right under it and you blow them up. So they do down and one. Down and one is also 10 frames. Parryable. Always parryable. So it doesn't matter. So Tekken even built in ways for you to disrespect frame data. Right? You can parry it. Heck, most hop knees, most hop kicks in Tekken are literally invulnerable to down one. Just so there's a way to disrespect the frame data. Street Fighter V has no way to disrespect frame data. When I say it has no way to disrespect frame data, I literally mean zero ways to disrespect frame data and without resources. With meter, EXDPs. With uh, V-meter, V-shift. That's why V-shift is such a great option because they found a different resource to help you disrespect frame data. It's nice, but if you have no meter, you have to obey all the frame data in the game. We can't blame Moshige. We can't blame anyone. Street Fighter V is a product of Street Fighter IV hate. Everything that happened in Street Fighter V and the reason why it skewed the way that it did, the developers didn't know what they were doing in Season 1. You play Season 1 and you literally can tell they had no idea what kind of game they were creating. But as the game kept developing through season one, and by the time they got to season two and three, they were like, this is the game we've made. Let's go. Because you put in the input buffer. Everyone hated Invul DP FADC, so they really nerfed the DPs. Only four characters had Invul DP, so they took away the Invul DPs from those four characters in season two. And suddenly Street Fighter V became a completely it was basically shoehorned. It was almost kind of forced into the kind of game it became based on the fact that most of Street Fighter V's systems came from I don't want to be Street Fighter IV. And so far, like Necromancy Black says, Street Fighter VI adding a lot of defensive mechanics, adding a lot of different things to it. I, I, what I've seen from Street Fighter VI, I'm actually really excited about. And again, Street Fighter V is a product of anti-Street Fighter IV. It's always been that way. Like, if, there's, if you hate Street Fighter V, the only thing you can be mad at is that they listened to the internet. Which is why, when you make a fighting game, don't ever listen to the internet. <laughs> don't listen to the internet. Make your game. Make your game the way you want to. Take feedback, but make the game you want to. Honestly, 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 honestly. KOF is a very feel-based game. There is invincible backdashes. A lot of people have invul DPs. There are guard cancels. There are guard uh, guard cancel attacks, guard cancel rolls. Uh, you could just jump. You can backdash if you feel like it. And there's just so many ways to get out of situations. And also, Street Fighter V has no pushback. You block a move, I'm right here. KOF, there are a ton of moves that are minus minus on block. Very punishable. 
But the pushback is so far that most of the time you push them away, you can't be punished. And it's nobody's turn because it's so far back and it's minus minus. There's really nothing anybody can do. It's back to neutral. So KOF is very neutral and it's played very much through the movement and through the KOF zone as Dandy J calls it. Again, if you want to learn one of the fundamental mix-ups of KOF, please watch Dandy J's KOF zone video and also watch his how to play KOF video. Two very crucial videos that'll teach you a lot about KOF, but those games are super, super feel-based, basically. Very, very feel-based. Um, I mean, look, at, at this point, Volvo, every most games have stupid corner carry. <laughs> most of them. <laughs> and yeah, and it's interesting because the reason why I love Strive so much, despite the fact that I know it has so many weaknesses, and again, Super Turbo is my favorite fighting game of all time. Am I going to tell you it's the perfect fighting game? Fuck no. That game is so broken. That game is so flawed. It's like one of the least balanced fighting games that exists out there. You know, there's so many problems with it. Still my favorite fighting game. I can love fighting games and tell you what's wrong with these games all day. I really like Strive. I know there's a lot of weaknesses to Strive, right? But the reason why I do like Strive is that Daisuke is clearly thinking about a lot of the things that I'm thinking about. That's why we have the stupid jank lobby. That's why we have the wall breaks. That's why we have the combo meter getting huge. That's why we have the counter words ginormous on screen. Like a lot of people hate them. I think they're fantastic, except the lobby. The lobby was a great idea, very, very poorly implemented. Very poorly implemented. But for the most part, like I like a lot of the other stuff because we have to start considering what the fighting games look like to people out there. When I commentate Street Fighter V, I have to get hype over shimmies to explain to people that something happened. Or I have to get hype over someone shimming and the other person not throwing. And I have to be like, oh my god, he totally resisted. I would have thrown. Like, but to viewers, what does that even look like? It looks like some guy walked away from the other guy. And so if you don't have a good commentator, if you don't have any commentators at all, this shit looks boring as hell. <laughs> but when you're watching Guilty Gear, like counter or see someone blasting through a wall you're like yeah let's go and so like, <laughs> those things yeah and they might not necessarily do anything for the players themselves <laughs> but it's so important for viewers and we have to think that way we really really have to think that way and in fact one of strive's interesting changes comes from the counter hit stuff like, a lot of people don't think about the ramifications for everything. Everyone's like, why don't you let us Gatling every single button in Strive? It's actually more confusing this way. I feel limited. I hate this. Why is it like this? I'll tell you exactly why it's like this. The ability for counter hits to freeze the screen introduces option selects. Very, very easy option selects. Hit the button, wait, fireball. On block, nothing happens. On regular hit, nothing happens. On counter hit, the game freezes. You're still in your active frame. Now when you do that motion a little bit later, your special move comes out. It gives you a lot of free autopilot option selects. 
So they probably discovered that early on and they were like, we can't have that because now the game is kind of brainless. Soul's just going to hit this button and then do a delayed bandit revolver. And if it counter hits, he gets a full combo. If he doesn't, he's safe. Nothing happens. That's dumb. So they changed the game so that you can actually cancel a move at any point during its recovery. So if you do it late, you will cancel late. So in other words, if I hit heavy punch and I start recovering and I do the late cancel, I come out with the special move. That also works on Gatlings as well. This game, Strive, has changed from previous Guilty Gear so much from this change because we didn't have frame trap Gatlings before. We didn't have frame trap cancels in Guilty Gear before. Before in Guilty Gear, you only had the timing to chain when the move's hitting. You could delay it for a little bit during the hit stops and stuff like that, or during one of the later active frames, but we didn't have the ability for Soul to go slash, heavy slash, counter hit. Now, imagine if I had a full chain sequence. I can go punch, frame trap kick, frame trap slash, frame trap heavy slash, Frame trap, towards heavy slash, frame trap, special move. This game would suck. I'm saying it right now. Guilty Gear Strive would suck with full Gatlings. Because all anybody would do is just frame trap everything all day. And the game would just become the frame trap or not game. The reason why Marvel, which is exactly the same way you can cancel any time, even on Whiff, why does Marvel not fall into this? It's because push block exists in Marvel. So it doesn't matter. If I block your strong, I'm sending you full screen away. I don't want to deal with this. I don't have to deal with this frame trap anymore. And a lot of these ramifications in... A lot of the ramifications of how these game systems fall into each other are, are, are overlooked. And it's, it's a very interesting thing to think about and to study and to understand. And I don't think a lot of people do take the time for that. And I'm not blaming anybody. Why do you want to think about the ramifications of late canceling on Gatlings and Guilty Gear? Who, who wants to sit around and do that? I do because I'm a fighting game scientist and I fucking love fighting games and I analyze them to death. Most people don't want to, so I don't blame them. But understanding that... that so a frame trap, Hell Traveler, uh, let me explain to you what a frame trap is. In fact... <laughs> This is actually a great way to explain frame trap. Here's the frame data of a move. If I do standing medium punch, here's my startup frames, here's my active frames, here's my recovery frames. Here's the block stun length of a standing medium punch. If I make you block a standing medium punch, you'll notice what happens here is that I am plus three on block. I am plus three on block. You can see this block stun is gonna last three frames longer than my entire standing medium punch active for, uh, uh, animation. The standing medium punch is gonna only go this many frames, which is 17 frames. The block stun, when it hits on the first active frame, lasts this many frames, lasts, uh, looks like 16 frames, and it'll go this long, and there's three frames here. I'm gonna go to my crouching medium punch over here. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to copy this crouching medium punch and paste it after my standing medium punch. 
So what I've done now is standing medium punch into immediate crouching medium punch. What you'll notice now, Hell Traveler, is that there are two frames here before this move hits. There's a two frame gap here. Once the enemy leaves block stun, he leaves block stun here. He can start moving here. But one frame later, my crouching medium punch, which is this, is going to hit you. So even if I take my fastest move, Lucia's fastest move is crouching light punch, which is a three frame startup over here. I'm gonna paste this crouching light punch and paste it over here after my block stun ends. So I press my fastest button that hits on its third frame right here, but you notice that it's gonna hit after Lucia's crouching medium punch here. The player who did standing medium punch and then crouching medium punch left you just enough of a gap to press a button and no matter how fast your button is, because three is the fastest button in Street Fighter V, it will never be fast enough to beat my attack here. So in other words, I have given you enough frames to trap yourself. I have given you enough rope to hang yourself. This is a frame trap where I give you enough of a gap for you to move and press a button, but no matter what button you press, you will lose. You have fallen into my trap. This is what a frame trap is, and this is how I can represent a frame trap in pure visual style. That is what a frame trap is. Let me know if that actually helps you understand what a frame trap is. <laughs> Yeah, so the people who know all the frame data don't get frame trapped. Yes, so <laughs> perfect way to state that. Because honestly, like, if you don't know that Colleen's crouching medium kick is plus one on block, even though it looks slow as hell, you're going to try to hit a button and she's going to frame trap you with a standing light kick every single time. So if you don't know that Colleen's crouching medium kick is plus one on block, you're going to get frame trapped every single time if you're hitting a button every single time. And so, oh, you're just watching the video on frame traps? Well, you'll probably see this chart again. So, but that's basically how frame traps work, basically. So, again, you don't have to know the numbers. Again, knowing the magic number of the game. In Street Fighter V's case, it's three. As long as you know that a move is plus one or plus two, that means you can be frame trapped. You don't have to care about the block stun, the active frames, the startup, the recovery, blah, blah, blah. You just start memorizing what moves are plus on block, EX Zonk Knuckle, Karin Crouching Medium Punch, Bison EX Scissor Kick, Alex Towards Heavy Punch Lariat, Colleen Crouching Medium Kick. As soon as you learn which moves are plus on block, that's all you need to know that that is now where the opponent can frame trap you. That is what we mean by turns. It's their turn, they can frame trap you. It's all it means. It's all turns mean in fighting games is that the opponent can now 
frame trap you. And so they've given you enough rope to hang yourself. This is why everything in Street Fighter V is plus one or plus two or minus one or minus two. I've played this game on the stream many, many, many times. Name me a character. Name me any character in Street Fighter V. Just pick a character in Street Fighter V right now in chat. Just the first character I see twice, that's the one I'm doing. So just start blasting out character names. I see Cody, Cami, um, Akira, Laura, Akira. Okay, Akira. Let's do it. Let's go to Akira. Akira's the character that I saw twice first. Let's go to Akira's frame data here. This is the frame data here on Capcom's official website. So let's go to... Hi, Nathan. I hope you guys all heard that meow. Uh, but let's take a look at the uh, on block here. We've got a plus two. Here, let me zoom this in for you guys here so you can see this a little bit. We've got a plus two. We've got a plus two. We've got a minus two, a minus two, a plus two, a plus one, a minus two. And let's go down here even some more. Look at some of these special moves. We've got a minus two. We've got a minus two. We've got a minus two. We've got a plus one. We've got a minus two. We've got a minus two, a one. We have a minus two. We have another minus two down over here. Do you guys see the theme and the pattern here? Either the move looks like they're stupidly punishable or almost everything is plus two, plus one, minus two, or minus one. Why is that? Because that's what creates the turns in Street Fighter V. The game is designed exactly around this concept. If Zangief heavy SPDs you and dashes forward, guess what he is? He's plus two. Everything leads into these numbers in this game because the game is built around the frame data at this point. And again, I had you guys pick any character. I went to Akira, one of the brand new characters where they know what they're doing. Everybody, minus two, minus one, plus two, plus one. Obviously, there's exceptions. But for the most part, I would say 50% of the moves fall into that. Notice how there was nothing that was zero on block. You think if that they were just animating the game randomly, that something would end up being zero on block. There is not a single move with everything being minus one, minus two, plus one, and plus two. In that area, you think something would end up being zero on block. There is not a single zero on block move in this entire character's move list. This is all intentionally done. And this is what I mean by Street Fighter V is a very frame data heavy game. So, and again, it's going to change because the magic number of Street Fighter V is three. So that's why everything is minus two, minus one, plus one, plus two. You go to a lot of other games where the uh, where the, the the magic number is ten. You're gonna see a lot of things that are minus six, minus five, depending on how like minus nine. I don't want you punishable, but I want you really forced into defense 
or minus two. I don't want it to be your turn, but I want you to be able to tech crouch the next thing or tech hop the next thing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. These game, that's how frame data works. But Street Fighter V, the reason why I say it's very frame data heavy is that you see it right there. And again, like I said, it's it's not even like I didn't get go and pick the character that emphasizes my point the most. I let you guys pick, and it was Akira, and you saw it right there. It's exactly how the frame data works. So that's basically how it is. So um, again, my whole point is that Street Fighter V is a very specifically designed game, and you have to know the frame data in that game. And that's my proof right there. But again... Do you have to know the exact numbers going back? Uh, I remember now this stemmed from uh, Hell Traveler's questions and stuff. Do I have to memorize these numbers and stuff? No. Just memorize which ones are the minus one and minus two because it's not your turn. Memorize the ones that are plus one and plus two because that means it's your turn. And that's all you got to do, right? So if you know your opponent's move is plus one on block and you block that move, respect their turn. You block because you can get frame traps, so they throw you. So now you try to tech, which means they can shimmy you, which means you try to hit a button so that you can hit them while walking backwards, which means they can frame trap you. And therein lies the Street Fighter V rock, paper, scissors. That is where a lot of the game is built. Laura's elbow, plus two, light elbow. Her light elbow, plus two on hit. Hmm, on block, minus two on block. Hmm. So when you block Laura's elbow, you have to know you're plus two. You don't have to attack. You have attack, throw, or shimmy. Those are your options. Yes, if you block Laura's light elbow, you can shimmy her. Block it, walk backwards. She thinks you're going to throw. She texts. You whiff punish it. Anytime it's your turn, those are your three options. Anytime it's not your turn, your options are block, tech, or hit a button. That's the core of Street Fighter V. Now to say Street Fighter V is all frame data, false. Last few seasons, they've done a great job making the game a lot less frame data heavy. And Street Fighter V is a really amazing game right now within the confines of understanding that the frame data is there and how it plays the role in the game. But if you fight against someone else, if you know all the frame data and know everything that's plus or minus and you fight someone else who knows all the frame data and it's plus or minus, the game becomes a heart game. It's all heart at that point because it's all just decision making. This time I think he's going to frame trap. This time I think he's going to throw. This time I think he's going to shimmy. But the thing is, to get to that point requires you to get past the uh, entryway of frame data. And once you get past the entryway of frame data, that's how you can get to that heart level. So that's how it works. But as uh, Playland says in the chat, game is at the end of life. We'll see how Street Fighter VI works. But uh, that's the way it works. So I just respect any move that is plus two above. Plus one, I always try to mash my finest, fastest normal. The interesting thing about that, Ebonkin, the reason why you find success in that sometimes is because there are characters with no three-frame buttons. This is why in Street Fighter V, characters are classified as three-frame characters or four-frame characters. Because if you're like Fang and your fastest move is four frames, then being plus two doesn't help you. 
because plus two means, I'm sorry, being plus one doesn't help you if you're fighting against a character who has a three-frame button because now both of your moves at the fastest speed will trade. If you block Fung's standing heavy kick, I'm gonna look at Fung's standing heavy kick here. If I'm not mistaken, Fung's standing heavy kick is uh, plus one on block. Standing heavy kick is plus one on block. It's his turn. If you're a three frame character, hit your fastest button. Hit your fastest button. The best Fong can do is trade with you. If you block Fong's heavy kick and you are a three-frame character, hit your three-frame button. The worst that's going to happen is you're going to trade with his four-frame button. If you are a four-frame character and you block Fong's heavy kick, respect the turn because you both are four-frame characters. Uh, the strength priority system still exists, Necromancer Black. It's still there. It's still there. Uh, but that's just the thing, is with Street Fighter V, even though the frame data is all there, like I said, Colleen's crouching medium kick is plus on block. Regardless of that, in the end, Momochi, one of the best fighting game players of all time, blocked Kawano's crouching medium kick, his blocked Colleen's crouching medium kick, and immediately did crouching medium kick in response. And that's because Momochi had the read that Kawano was going to do the crouching medium kick, Hope Momochi would be scared to touch a button and he was going to steal a turn by walking forward. Momochi said, you know what? That's what he's going to do. So I'm just going to throw out the crouching medium kick. If he frame trapped me, I would lose. But I don't think he's going to frame trap me. So he did crouching medium kick, fireball, and super, and he won. In the end, every fighting game kind of ends up in the heart position. But how you learn and get to that point Every fighting game is going to differ, and you as a player have to learn how you learn fighting games and learn it that way. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you should be learning fighting games through frame data. Don't ever let anybody tell you to ignore frame data when you first start learning fighting games, okay? Find out how you learn and learn fighting games that way because there's multiple paths to get to the same place and that's kind of that's the lesson to be learned here and that is my whole point on how to present frame data in fighting games make sure that you present it in a way that it's palpable for everybody that's why frame data has to be in every fighting game that's why i think frame data has to be presented in a way so that the numbers aren't scary and yes, I stand by that. Numbers are scary. Some people hate numpad notation. Absolutely. That's why I like the way KOF and GBVS do their frame data in their game that they show the plus plus or the minus or the, the color uh, of the character in the game. I think it's actually a very useful way to teach frame data uh, and, it's, and it's not numbers. But again, learning by numbers isn't wrong. Because some people, they see the numbers, and as soon as they see the numbers, everything about fighting games click. Like, they see the numbers, they're like, I get it now. I get, I get exactly how fighting games work. And so, again, neither way is the right way to go, but in the end, and this comes from me as a UI designer. Literally, at my programming job, I was a UI designer. I created the UI of an application that was used internally. Whenever 
you have the question is, should I do it A or should I do it B? Let the user choose. Give them the option. Give them the option because your choice is not the right answer. And so whenever I wondered, would people prefer to use this tool by this way or by this way? I would turn it into a radio button and then people can choose the option. Learn how you learn fighting games and that's how you're gonna learn fighting games. So in KOF plus and plus plus, the difference between those in Converse is that uh, if you're plus, you probably can't combo off of it. Now that's not necessarily true KOF 15's plus goes up to plus three. Some characters have a three frame move. Very rare. But plus can sometimes be comboed off of. But if you see plus plus, that definitely means you can combo a lot easier off of it. So for example, if you're Benny Maru and Benny Maru and you do crouching light punch, you'll see plus plus. Benny Maru can do crouching light punch into crouching heavy punch. He can link that. If it said plus, he would not be able to link that. It's not plus enough for you to get a hefty combo off of. That's what it means, basically. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers. I'll have to check Converse, uh, but I believe plus in KOF is three or less, might be four or less, but I'll have to check. So for example, if you do Benimaru's down drill kick, sometimes it'll hit and you'll say plus, but you can still hit them with the EX knee because the EX knee is three frame startup. And so sometimes it will connect. But for the most part, if it says plus, you cannot combo off of it. If it says plus plus, you might be able to depending on the reach of your moves that are fast enough to hit, basically. Uh, it's the unique situations of being punished all the time and not knowing why that will start getting you to check frame data. Yeah. But, I mean, again, you play a game like Super Turbo and nothing is punishable on block. <laughs> Everything that's punishable on block is so obviously punishable on block. You don't check... Nobody checks frame data in Super Turbo. Also, throws are one frame. So even if you're minus one, I can throw punish you. And... Lastly, nothing leaves you point blank to the opponent. The only move that leaves you point blank to an opponent is, is, is bison scissor kick on block. And it's minus. I don't know how minus it is. I've never known how minus it is. I've never cared to look up how minus it is. But it's minus. It's definitely minus. <laughs> the only other things that leave you right next to people are like Feilong's Rekka, where he goes, what, what, what? And if you do the third Rekka and they block it, you're just sitting in their face for like 10 years. Yeah, it's punishable. <laughs> you don't need any frame data. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. Reuse crouching heavy kick into fireball. Nope, can't punish that. So, you know, uh, it, it just depends on the game. It really depends on the game. Again, regardless of how little frame data heavy a game is, frame data is still important for that game. And all games will obey frame data rules. And so if you are a scientific person, absolutely study the frame data. Absolutely study the frame data. If that's what helps you learn, study the frame data. Absolutely. Again, learn how you learn fighting games. Don't 
take everybody's word for it. Make sure, and it's why on my stream here, well, not here, on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, where I stream normally, so you can check that out, which is why on that stream over there, when I teach fighting games, I'm very good at sussing out the kind of players that are in my chat. Whenever they say, I can't understand this game, I ask them, what kind of games do you enjoy? What fighting games do you like more than others? And I kind of delve into weird questions where I try to find out what kind of person they are before I start giving them advice. It's always really important. And it's something that not a lot of people do enough of. And like I said, this is what I do. I've been doing it for years. I've proved it with my CVS2 FAQ. I've been doing this shit for almost two decades now, always trying to make sure that I'm teaching it in as many different ways as I possibly can. And it's just, that's the mindset that I have. I know people learn differently. So, um, uh, GB, uh, I mean, random question. GBVS has more players than MK11. MK11 is old now. And NRS has already said they've stopped supporting the game. And GBVS hasn't had an Evo. Trust me, the GBVS players are very, very happy to get their opportunity to play at an Evo. And so I think that's super cool. I'm really excited for the GBVS players. I really hope they have a bomb-ass tournament, dude. I really hope that they have like a tournament of the ages where the players really, really have some of the greatest matches ever because it'll be the first time they get to do this offline without delay-based netcode. And I, like, I will shed tears for GBVS. I'm so happy for them that they get this opportunity, uh, honestly. So, ah, but I think uh, that'll about cover it here. Uh, unless you guys have any extra questions for me, uh, let me know in the chat if you guys have any extra questions for me at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this all made sense here and kind of clear, like the people who hate me, they're not going to watch this video. They're not going to understand it anyway. But for those of you who are legit confused when I say numbers are scary and I sound like I don't want frame data in my games, like, and you're wondering why would James say such a thing? I hope this kind of clarified exactly what I'm talking about. Frame data has to be in the game, but we need to figure out how to do better how to present in a way that it is helpful to either side of the mindset on how you want to approach fighting games and present it in a way that's educational and useful without how, cause like everyone's mad that you have to go to an external source to find frame data. All right, let's put frame data in the game. You still have to go to an external source to understand what any of that means. How does this help? How does this help? It doesn't help anybody. Just because you understand frame data doesn't mean everyone's gonna look at it and just go all of a sudden gonna be like, oh, and they understand. They still need to go to another place to learn stuff. And that's why I wanna do better so that we can give them as much help in game as possible in a way that devs are capable of doing without getting shut down by everyone in charge for costing too much to do, basically. <laughs> Um, Evo is, uh, first week of August, so it'll be coming up very, very soon, uh, uh, Matthew. It's coming up very, very soon, and so, uh, less than a month, less than half a month now, which is terrifyingly wild. Wow, it's so soon! God, I have to get ready and prepare, and I'm definitely not ready! 
Oh, man. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that'll be it for me. Uh, I will open it up to the chat at this point for any other final questions. Uh, if not, then I will go ahead and call it a night. Uh, but I will go ahead and give you guys a chance to ask any last second questions. If you guys did enjoy this video, enjoy the kind of talks that I do. Uh, like I said, check out twitch.tv slash jchenzor. Uh, hope you're enjoying this. I'm still trying to work on making a replacement, uh, a replacement Tuesday show. Um, I still haven't been able to find any hosts because, hi, do you want to dedicate two and a half hours, three hours, four hours a week to this thing and basically make no money and gain no benefits from this at all whatsoever? <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people out there are saying yes. <laughs> Not a lot of people out there are saying yes. Uh, Matthew, uh, I, I I can't even say if I'm actually even commentating Evo, let alone what games I potentially could be or could not be commentating Evo. So I don't know. Am I commentating Evo? Nobody knows. Uh, Strive, heart, mind, or body? Uh, pretty equal between all of them, though less body than previous Guilty Gears. The Guilty Gear Exert and Guilty Gear XX are very in the middle. Uh, Strive is definitely a little more mind, a little less body, and still uh, probably around the same amount of heart. So instead of 33, 33, 33, it's probably like 30, and then like mind is like a little bit more 50, and then body is like 20 or something like that. Something to that degree. The reason why I say that is because Strive has a lot of frame data stuff. Frame data is very important in that game. Uh, frame data has become very important to learn uh, in Strive. But Strive is always, Guilty Gear's always been a mind game because every character is like their own fighting game by themselves. Like if you're fighting against Zato in Exert or Zato in XX and you don't know what Eddie Summon is real and is not, you are going to die. If uh, if a, a Zato player cancels a move and summons Eddie, a lot of times you can hit Eddie before Eddie can attack. And if you don't know which moves are real summons or not real summons, you're going to die. Raven, a lot of situ similar situations. There are lockdowns and stuff that are real and unreal. And if you don't study the other characters and what they can do, you're going to get smoked. Same thing for DNF Duel. If you don't understand that, if you put Hitman into Awakening, that you should be terrified for your life, uh, you're not going to do well. And so there's a lot of knowledge in terms of the characters that way. But again, Strive does have a lot of frame data setups and stuff like that to understand as well. So, um, so this is obviously one of the Twitch channels that I'm on, Ebiken. Uh, but otherwise, the other stream that I use a lot is twitch.tv slash jchenzor that use Oh, well, Playland put it in there already. So uh, there it is down there. So uh, I can answer, Evankin, that I will be at Evo uh, regardless, uh, no matter if I'm commentating or not, uh, just because I can't miss it. I can't miss Evo, dude. I've got I've to see what it's like to be back. God, I haven't commentated with Ultra David in forever, Tektronix. If I can commentate Eva with Ultra David, I would be super happy. 
we got to commentate at G4 yesterday again. And even after I was done commentating, we were done commentating. I literally looked at David. I was like, yo, that felt good because I haven't commentated with you in forever. So it was actually nice. I haven't commentated with David in a long time. So if we can commentate together at Evo, if I'm even commentating at all, if even he's commentating at all, uh, that would be awesome. That would be really, really cool. So... Yeah, there's a lot of details with it. So uh, a lot of details about uh, frame data, hitboxes. In fact, even in my, some of my earlier drafts of the uh, presentation that I put out, I had even put down like range. Like you could probably calculate the range if you uh, mathematically, if you take the center of your character and then just calculate the furthest point out that a hitbox is you can you can mathematically determine the range of the character as well so you can even add that into the uh box as well range far range really far range short and just have it programmatically detected again if you're putting frame data in your game and you're literally doing it by typing and having a database in your in your actual game there's a problem uh it needs to be programmatically determined by a move's property is the best way to do it. It's the harder way to do it. Okay, so from a programming standpoint, this is something very important to learn. If you're not a programmer, there's always two routes to go. Put all the work up front so that everything at the end is easier. Put all the work <laughs> uh, at the end so that everything up front is easier. So uh, typing it all in manually, it makes it so that you don't have to worry about a lot of things and it's very easy to implement. It's just very hard to maintain. Programmatically determining all the frame data means you have to think about and program your moves in a way so much that they can be calculated by the game itself to populate the frame data properly. And because every move is different and has multiple hits and has all these different properties on hit, on block, etc., etc., it is really hard to do programmatically. But if you do it right, Afterwards, you will never have to worry about your frame data information going out of date. It'll almost always be accurate. And so that's that. Therein lies the two biggest problems of programming. Uh, are, is your boss saying we need this done now? If it is, then you do it the quick way and then have trouble maintaining it. If your boss is like, I, we need this to last forever, and be used in multiple versions, you take the time at the beginning so that you don't have to maintain it at the end, so. Yeah, the training mode is weird. I think they, they call it like can act or something. That's where I got the term can act. I like that in their move description. Even when defended, you can act first. I, I like the way that, that it works. I, I like the way they described it, which is why in my examples, I was using the can act and opponent can act. You know, opponent act first or can act first. I liked that uh, terminology in uh, in Dungeon Fighters, so that's, that's why I was using that terminology uh, in Dungeon Fighters, so. Uh, yeah, Dungeon Fighter. Dungeon Fighter is the name of the game, yes. Alrighty then, um, that's about it for me today. 
thank you guys for tuning in to the Not Tuesday show. Again, like I said, I'm still working on trying to set something up to replace the Tuesday show. I haven't even changed any of these assets yet because I'm just too lazy to do so. So even though everything still says Tuesday show, this is not the Tuesday show. <laughs> but um, no, uh, Hobo was hot gun. Trust me. I, I was that way to refuse to ship unmaintainable software. The way that I designed my UI program, dude, I was so anal about it that when we tried to get other people to help make add to it, I was such a, I was such a freaking like micromanager. Like, no, the code has to be like this. You have to put it in this order. And like, I was, a, I was a, I was a tyrant. And it was really bad. And, you know, me and one of my other coworkers, both of us were really obsessed with making sure that things would be maintainable when we finished. And so we never finished things. There's an interesting balance. <laughs> so one, we had a manager that would be like, I know where you're coming from, but our customers need something now. <laughs> so how about we uh, meet in the middle right here? And we're like, Okay. He's like, I'll let you work on it more later on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, Hobo was, uh, was hot gun that anyone should be able to look at a library and maintain it. That is why my code, and you've seen my FAQs and how wordy they can be, all of my code has more comments than code in it. I comment every line of my code. Like, literally, I comment every line of code, even if it's like, increase this count by one, slash, slash, increase this count by one. I, like, it seems like it's a waste. There's a philosophy out there that you should be able to understand the code just by looking at it. No, I vehemently disagree. I comment everything because nobody ever knows what your mindset was for everything. And there's a lot of weird bugs that can't be explained by looking at the code, but I can type in there, look, this line doesn't look like it makes sense, but I had to do this because of this bug. <laughs> and boom, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I'm a commenter. I'm a commenter all the time. Have I commented my comments? Sometimes. I think I have a couple of times, so. New line for braces. Oh, God, 100% new line for braces. 100% new line. I'm a, I'm a new line for braces guy. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I can talk about coding philosophy forever as well. I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you guys all out there, please continue to stay safe. Hope I see you a lot of you guys at Evo. If you do see me, please take the time to come say hi uh, and just be like, hi, I'm in your stream chats a lot and stuff like that or whatever. But uh, if I've met you before, I may have forgotten you. Please reintroduce yourself to me. Uh, I'm terrible with names and faces, but uh, it should be good times. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up, man. And I got a good feeling about this Evo, man. Like, I can't wait. Like... I don't know anything, but I just feel like we are going to get a ton of cool announcements. Street Fighter 6 is going to be playable there. I just think that, oh man, we are moving in a good direction right now. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. All right. And my cats are hungry. Take care, guys. Please stay safe out there. Continue to uh, social distance, vaccinate. And uh, we will see you next time here on the Not Tuesday show. Have a good night and peace out.